Bill, uh, what the fuck are we doing at the Bronx Zoo? Well, Chris, you know how obsessed I am with this new uh, documentary, The Tiger King, and how I've been dying to do an episode on it. I uh, wanted us to get close to uh, the subject matter. Let's get to learn a little bit more about tigers. Um, well, can't we just look at them from a distance? And, uh... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you would think so, but I actually saw in one of Joe Exotic's videos, he had a woman handing the tigers like pieces of meat, and it seemed to develop a lot of trust between them and the tiger. So I was thinking maybe we'd give that a shot. That doesn't really sound safe. No, it's okay, Chris. I actually snuck in some roast beef. Uh, get out of here. Here it is. Why don't you go hand this piece of roast beef to that tiger, and I'm going to sit back and take some data on it. That hardly seems fair, but okay. <laughs> there you go. Just nice and slow. All right. Nice and slow. Oh, look, Chris. Look, he's coming up towards well, you. Well, this, this fucking thing's biking a little <laughs> hard now. No, 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 no. He trusts you. He trusts you. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Chris. Chris. Oh, fuck me. He had my ride tickets on him. Podcast. I'm your host Bill, and with me, as always, is my cool cat of a friend, Chris. Now, Chris, 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 before you start purring, the whole world wants to know how are you tonight? Well, guess what, motherfucker? <laughs> no, no, Chris, I've never, I've never <laughs> seen this side of you. What's happening over there? Oh my god, what a shit show of a fucking documentary. I've never seen something so dumpster fire-esque in my life. Oh, I mean, I fucking hate reality television, but I am oh, ob- I am obsessed with this fucking... <laughs> I- I've watched it three fucking times. I can't get enough of it. But before we go in to the Tiger King... And I'm hoping that everybody knows what we're talking about. At least uh, got a hint from that opening skit, which I hope you've recovered from, Chris. (laughs) I still have one arm. (laughs) All right, but all in all, we're going to get to that stuff. But uh, we want to know, how are you doing? How are you holding up with the quarantine, Chris? Uh, I guess it's about as well as anybody else's, and I'm... I haven't gotten a haircut in about two years at this point. (laughs) My beard is, uh, you can no longer see my facial features. I had my wife cut my hair, and she surprisingly did a very good job. I was shocked. Uh, But I have not shaved. I'm not shaving the beard. I'm just going to keep it growing to the end at this point (laughs) or whatever. Oh, man. I have nowhere to fucking go. And I'll tell you what, I've been waking up later and later each day, man. It's like, I think today it was... uh, 10 30 the kids let me fucking sleep it's just <laughs> two like, in the afternoon <laughs> it's, it's getting bad man um oh yeah but hopefully they just extended the closures i think uh till the end of april now april 29th or something so we got another three weeks three and a half weeks minimum of this so uh we better find something to keep us busy oh god the habits that we're all gonna create during this whole thing is oh. going to ruin us for when this all ends. Oh my god. Forget forget all those quote-unquote beach body commercials. <laughs> oh my god. I don't think anybody's showing up with one of those. What a fucking shit show this has been. But I am back to training full-time for my fucking uh, bullshit Spartan Ultra, which is going to be October 3rd. And I've been running, dude. Like I was, I was looking back at my... I, when I was tracking my miles for um, a couple of years ago, 2016, and it was like a, a seven-and-a-half-minute mile, eight-minute mile. Dude, I cannot get under an 11-minute mile now. I just My body will not fucking move. My heels hurt, my knees, everything. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking dying. 
Oh, my God. body is actually fucking dying. <laughs> it's it's really sad how, and you notice it. I mean, it might take a while, but you notice when you were younger, your recovery time could have been like one day, like or you wouldn't wake up the next day sore. And now, forget it. Oh, dude, I, I tell you, when I hit, I think for me, I, I specifically remember when I hit about like forty-one. I would say is when things really started to go downhills. And in my mind, I could still do it. And I could tell myself I, I could still do it. But in the very back of my mind, I know I'm lying to myself. <laughs> Knees giving out. Fucking braces. <laughs> but braces like, start I, I, on. But like, I, I have no excuses. It's just like, I, I can't say I don't have the time to train. I have all the time in the fucking world right now. Uh, I just don't want to do anything. Yeah, it's funny how that fucking the, the the mind is funny like that. Like even like doing these episodes now, we kept pushing it off, pushing it off, and I'm like, you know, then we had the problem with the mic earlier tonight. I'm like, ah, fuck it, maybe we'll just do it another day. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> eh, we'll do it next year. Now, with all that said, there is something that I'm passionate about right now. Uh, Chris, do you have any idea what that might be? Um, I'm brushing your teeth. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I am passionate about the Tiger King and that guy, Joe Exotic, who you seem to look a lot alike. <laughs> um, excuse me? <laughs> I take that. A lot of offense to that. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. The one and only thing, aside from the coronavirus that everybody's talking about right now, is the Tiger King. So we might as well just jump on board. And uh, luckily enough, I was able to convince Chris to give it a go after uh, much uh, begging and pleading. And he finally came around. And uh, what do you think, Chris? Let's just say if anybody out there really just feels like their life has gone to complete shit and it can't get any worse, I just want you to watch this documentary and know that it's just not that bad. Your life is not that bad. Sincerely. I mean, I tuned in for the first episode, and I went. I made it through, like, the first 10 minutes. I'm like, this is fucking stupid. This thing sucks. You got Joe Exotic roaming around with those uh, those sequenced fucking shirts and the, the glittered shirts and all this shit. So I turned it off. I decided to go back to it later. I would say three quarters through the first episode is when I was locked into this thing. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you can't look but you can't stop yourself from like seeing what happens next. And it's just uh, the, the way they do it too. It, it really grabs you is because each, each episode is more horrific than the last. Like it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> and they add like, and, and then there's like new characters that come into it and shit. Like, <laughs> and, and then the way that they spin it too, like, they make you feel one way about a character, and then they completely shit on them the next episode. <laughs> they just show you how horrible of a person they are. It, it just, it's amazing. Well, you know you're around a bunch of fucking fuck-ups when you start relating most to Joe Exotic than any of the other characters. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god. The room, when they go in his room. Oh. <laughs> Let's give a little bit of a, a synopsis for those who have not seen the show yet. Now, I say yet because if you have not seen it, oh, you will. And once you do, you will be sucked in. The location backbone of this entire documentary is the Greater Wynwood Exotic Animal Park in Wynwood, Oklahoma. Or is it Winnowood, Chris? How would you say that? Um... Uh, let's just go with Winwood on this one. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I mean, you would think how many times I watched it, I would actually pay attention to the fucking name. This exotic animal park opened in 1999, and it was roughly about 16 acres, so it's a decent size, right? And there were over 700 or so animals and roughly 50 different species. Anyway, so this is like a, a decent-sized exotic animal park. Lions, tigers... They had fucking alligators. I think they had a couple of fucking bears there too, right? They, yeah, have, they I think had so. a bear. Yeah. But all of that pales in comparison to the main exhibit there. Because the main exhibit there is not even an animal, folks. Oh. Or he's an animal. Or, <laughs> or, or is he? We are talking about the one and only Mr. Joe Exotic. So that's a lot for old Joe to take care of. 
But luckily, he was never by himself. He had a whole cast of characters working behind him. <laughs> and we are introduced to each and every one of them. Aren't we, Chris? So the people that Joe Exotic employs um, are pretty much, you know, ex-felons, right? He, he does a lot of hiring of, of people that have... Yeah, he, he'll, he'll go around him. looking for people that... You know, or down their luck, can't get a job anywhere else. Like, like you said, convicted felon, or as we come to find out, a lot of them are meth addicts who are willing to do just about anything for a little bit of meth. Am I right? Oh no, no, whoa, 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 Chris! I just heard you purring. Am I right? Well, no, I, I don't purr, but <laughs> um, yes, you are right because we. As we've heard before, drugs make people do crazy things. And these people, you know, if you're a meth head, you uh, you will do just about anything. And, and that includes pretending to be gay, as what we see here. We find that out right from the start, that uh, old Joe is gay and he's married to a much younger man named john finlay that's all well and good but right off the bat when they interview john we could see that there's uh there's something missing um Uh, literally it, it would be a majority of his teeth now this guy later comes out as a meth addict, right? And that is one of the um, signs of meth addiction is the loss of your fucking teeth. And ju- and just jumping ahead a-, a bit, we find out later down the road that John was never even gay. He basically just married Joe and performed whatever acts he wanted to to get money for meth. And not only that, but he... You know, drugs too. I mean, fame. This this guy, Joe Exotic, had. You know, aside from the the probably unwanted fame that he got from his feud with <laughs> a one Carol Baskin. Um, he, Carol fucking Baskins. <laughs> I guarantee, goddamn Um, he, you know. He's drawing in, like, I'm sure this is all over the news, you know, you, you, you probably just want to be in the spotlight a little, too. So, you know, he, he drew in some interesting characters. Well, we sure. later find out with John, one way or the other, we'll get into it, that he was, he was having an affair with one of the girls who worked the front, yeah. the front end of the uh, zoo anyway. Initially, the marriage was just between John and Joe Exotic, but... Another young man enters the picture, and he enters a three-way marriage. Welcome, Travis. This is just like, basically every character, save one, I guess. A lot of these characters that that own these parks are polygamists. They they are, it's not just one person. They have like multiple partners, or whatever the fuck they call them. Now, before we even get into any of the animals, we need to talk about these relationships. So, as we said, Travis enters the marriage, and we get a bird's-eye view of it because it's actually part of the documentary, and it's videoed, this this three-way wedding ceremony. (laughs) So, this poor kid, Travis, he's from Southern California, right? He actually looks healthy when you see him. Right? He doesn't look like he would have a major meth addiction at this point. Wow. He's still young. He gets sucked he, into this whole fucking thing, so <laughs> he's all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I'm not big, even so sure he was into meth. I think he was just into pot and then probably got into it when he was there. That's right. They said he was a big pothead, but it's like, you know, he was a good-looking kid. and he <laughs> Why would he fucking go... Joe Exotic, like, how did you even get found by this fucking guy? Yeah, that I don't know. I don't. I can't, I can't remember if they even mentioned how they they stumbled upon each other. But, but the funny thing, though, is not so much the wedding; it's those fucking wedding pictures, and they show like, <laughs> did you see the one where so Travis is to Joe Exotic's left, 
Exotics in the middle, and John <laughs> is on bended knee uh, to the right, and Joe's like kind of like patting his head. Oh my god! Uh, it's very fucking. It's it's really fucking unnerving. So that's a brief synopsis of Joe and his relationships, right? But there's far more people that work at his zoo. So let's go down the list of the cast of characters that are actually working at this fucking zoo before we go anywhere else. Before we go to any of the other zoos that are wrapped into this show. The first thing we see when episode one starts is a man by the name of Rick Kirkham. Now, Rick is actually a former news reporter for Inside Edition, believe it or not, who apparently himself had major drug issues, and that included crack and possibly meth, I can't remember. He tells of his demise from when he worked in TV before to now getting this idea to do a reality TV show on this guy, Joe Exotic. And initially, him and Joe were friendly. He would follow Joe everywhere. Even when Joe was doing very questionable things as far as giving animals rancid meat, feeding the fucking park workers rancid fucking old meat, treating the animals questionably, walking around shooting the fucking gun off. Just crazy shit that, you know, he he was doing. He is the guy who is behind the scenes. And we should mention, too, that... He helped Joe get his online show going. And that little online show plays a big part down the road. Because it's on that show that Joe actually (laughs) makes a lot of physical threats to a lot of different people. And one in particular, who we're going to get to. Also there is Joe's right-hand man, who is the zoo manager, which his name was John Rinky. And this is the guy who didn't have any legs. Right, Chris? the most sane out of this entire group he seemed completely fucking normal and he even said no i did not lose my legs to a fucking tiger attack because that's what i thought right off the bat right but this guy fucking lost him in a, a zipline accident yeah that's right yeah i remember him saying that so he's- yeah he, he he you see a lot of him throughout the show of him describing you know what things were like you're like oh my god this is like a, a normal human being like he actually you know, he's, he makes sense, you know, it's, he's got logical approach to this whole situation, <laughs> and it's just like, this is the normal out of this entire thing. I fucking love that guy when he says, yeah, at the end he goes, I don't even know how this happened, all I did was stop in to pet a fucking bear one day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so then, next on our list is Kelsey, right, and I, she was the one who got her arm fucking torn off, right? Oh, my God. So this kid, she's feeding the fucking animal. I guess she put their hand in too far, and the thing got a hold of it and tore the fucking arm pretty much right off. The, now like Elbow, right? It was right yeah, elbow. oh, God, man, it's so fucking brutal. So now the crazy thing here is that it happens Why the fucking cameras are rolling, right? So the guy, Rick, that we mentioned, he had the cameras rolling for this fucking reality show that he had planned. So we have video of this. And <laughs> the crazy is I'm not laughing at this kid losing the arm. I'm laughing at the fact that it shows fucking Joe Exotic walk back in after he gets news of this, goes into the, the little gift store that they have at the zoo and says, uh, excuse me, folks, uh, one of the people that work here just had their arm torn off by uh, a tiger. So what I could do is either give you a refund or offer you a rain check. But <laughs> you could just say that there was an incident. I don't think he had to go into that much detail. I mean, there's there's certainly no PR person for this fucking place. I mean, <laughs> oh, 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 how would you approach this? Would you say to everybody, a tiger just ripped someone's arm off? Or would you say... Um, there was now, excuse incident. me, motherfuckers. <laughs> Guess what, motherfuckers? Um or would you say, uh, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there appears to be an incident that just occurred. Uh, we would need every, we'll need everyone to leave the premises. Uh, we will give you a refund uh, or a rain check, uh, but please kindly leave. But no, he tells him exactly what happened. <laughs> Fucking arm was torn right out, and she's laying on the ground right now with blood coming out of her arm. It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> Uh, and what, what's crazy is this chick's so strong that they gave her the option, you know. They could have saved her arm. They gave her the option, right, to we can either they save said, your arm. Or it would be a two-year process of surgeries and, you know, obviously following up with physical therapy. Or the other option was to, to amputate. And she goes, amputate it. She wanted to go back. The reason she said, and if this is true, she's 
a absolute trooper. She said that she wanted to go back to the um, animal park as soon as possible because if she didn't, then she knew that people that were basically speaking out against this park would have won because she would not be able to say to shake this off and come back and still stand up for the park. So she, she decided to get her arm amputated and come back and start working again two weeks later after the arm was ripped. That is so fucking insane, man. That is just so fucking insane. So, I mean, yeah, she's a fucking trooper. That's the kind of employee that you want, right? I mean, God bless her. She fucking came back and she, she was still working there up until the, the very end. And then the last person that we want to touch on is the guy who looks like fucking Vince Neil in the later years. Eric Cowie, who was the, the zookeeper. And that's the guy with the long blonde hair. He seemed like a decent guy. He actually seemed like he genuinely cared for the animals. And he doesn't yeah. play much of a... Uh, he doesn't play too big a role, but he's in there. Pretty much tells it pretty straight. <laughs> yeah. He seemed like a decent person. In a nutshell, that is our small little cast of characters inside this Wynwood Exotic Zoo, right? We're going to branch out. We're going to go over to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and then head down to Florida after that. So when we head to the Animal Preserve in Myrtle Beach, we meet the one and only Bhagavan Doc Antel. Yes, but he seems much more like a reputable character he he seems to know his stuff a lot more uh about animals and you just you just kind of get the idea that he's got his head on his shoulders and he's really about taking care of the animals but we'll dive into that a little deeper well i'm just laughing because on his life i'm laughing on his uh (laughs) on his wikipedia page somebody wrote he's an american big cat trainer owner of a cult and a business person But yeah, he, you're right though. He does seem a lot more uh, reputable because you know he's been on Jay Leno, right? I think he's done movies and shit like that. Ace Ventura. I know he did some shit with um, Britney Spears, so he's been around. Now you'll see everybody turn their back on him, but they weren't so quick to judge him back then when he was working in these movies and shit, right? But now the guy's probably just getting laced up there with this fucking. Uh, with the rest of this shit. But he, he does speak pretty articulately, even though he does seem somewhat delusional about <laughs> how everybody knows who he is and everybody wants to be him because I didn't know who he was and I sure shit don't want to be him. We mean, and he looks like a normal enough guy uh, until, yeah. until they get to, to talking to him. So when he gives him the tour of his little, uh, what do you want to call it, his, uh, his community there, right? And he'll tell you where this person lives and that person lives. So it's obvious to me that he, or at least it seems to me, he comes across as a huge control freak, right? And they interview some of the girls that used to work for him. And indeed, that seemed to be the case. There was one girl that they interview who said that uh, she had to work basically 20 hours a day. There were no fucking breaks. It was seven days a week. They were basically living in, in like horse stalls. Yeah. So she said they were living in horse stalls. There were fucking roaches everywhere. And you could just imagine the size of the roaches down there. So th- this poor girl basically saying they were subhuman conditions. Right. And he apparently wanted all of the women that worked there to have breast implants. So this girl ends up going through with it. And not because she wanted him, she says. She says that she wanted to go through with it because she would get a couple days off after the surgery to recover. She was just happy to be off because she was so tired. But it's like, I don't, what I don't get is how do you even find this fucking place? Like, how do you even, how does your life get you to that fucking point? And she was well-spoken. It looked, seemed like a smart girl. Yeah, she left home. Like, her dad. Her dad dropped her her off. off. I mean, maybe from the outside, this all looks normal and like, you know, like it could be a good experience. But this dude has, again, like I mentioned with polygamist, he just basically, and, he, and they're always younger, right? I mean, this, and it, this fat fuck is nothing to look at. So I don't know who he is to judge anybody. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if they're just attracted to like the money and the power. I don't know what it is. Well, you know, they do say. That they always come in because it always starts with the the kittens, like the big cat kittens. Like they're if you're gonna if you see tiger cubs, 
they're irresistible apparently so like all these women come just for that and then they get hooked onto this whole thing and then he basically gets them to do all this this stuff the breastwork to make them more presentable um for for the the vibe he's looking for and then the money comes in you know like yeah for him not for them right i mean i, I i've seen tiger cubs and and if this guy thinks he's giving me a set of tits he's got another thing fucking, <laughs> he's got another thing coming fucking dumb bastard. i don't know bill you'd you wouldn't want to use a nice pair of double d's <laughs> oh god yeah, this guy's kind of fucking annoying uh, <laughs> so anyway so this girl's telling her you know she's telling her story and it's almost like she's describing it as a cult, like as a cult. So she had to escape from this fucking thing. But what she says is that she does make a very good point because she said, you're not just leaving, running away from him. You're running away from everybody that you know now. So like it's, it's probably so encapsulated there that you only know the people that you're working with, especially if you're working such long days, you probably don't have any other outlet, right? You probably don't have anybody. If you're, especially if you're living there, you're working there. Who the fuck else are you going to know? And you see that a lot on these farms, even, even Joe Exotics park, especially if they're a partner or, or like a lover to the, to the owner, they basically, that's, this is like their own little town. It's like this very sick, confines that you're stuck to like this is your life this whole area is your life I mean, granted it was a huge space but still i think you're better off i mean i know a lot of people hate zoos and shit like that but you're better off going to the bronx zoo you're better off going to the san diego zoo cincinnati zoo anywhere <laughs> go to a fucking zoo you don't need to go to these weird little fucking places although his facility looks pretty much on the up and up he has got more than 30 plus usda violations for the mistreatment of animals so some of these accusations are providing them with an inadequate amount of water. Uh, the tigers or the woman? Uh, no, no, the, ti- no, the, the tigers. <laughs> but, but probably the you fucking, don't know. Probably the fucking women too. You never know. But he's also been accused of fucking beating tigers and putting them in unsafe exhibits, which, I mean, that seems to be the fucking norm. So Joe Exotic even has some pictures that he claims were unsafe living conditions for some of the big cats at our next zoo. Should I call it a zoo, Chris? Oh, I think she'd be very offended if you called it a zoo. You're correct. And that is one thing I never want to do is make Carol Baskins gulp mad at me. (laughs) Where shall we begin? All right. Well... All right, let's give a little bit of rundown on Carol. Carol is not only the owner of the Big Cat Rescue, which is a nonprofit animal sanctuary based in Tampa, Florida, but she is the number one sworn enemy of Joe Exotic. Am I right, Chris? Yeah, not just Joe. Pretty much they all hate her. (laughs) But Joe really, really does not like her. (laughs) Yeah, Joe... um he made it a regular thing to bring her up in his little online um, shows that he did. He would constantly... <laughs> I'll tell you what, his shows did seem pretty entertaining, though. As fucking cheap, <laughs> cheap He and, probably had a big following. Cheap and but, backwoods redneck shit they look like, but I mean, <laughs> pretty fucking funny. Joe actually put out a couple of music videos as a country music quote-unquote singer. And we're using the quotations there because we come to find out that Joe wasn't singing at all. He fucking uh, he fucking faked it all. He was like apparently singing over actual singers. Oh, he, he wasn't singing shit. So you know, and I was thinking too, dude. When this first, when I first heard his videos, I was like, this guy actually's got a pretty good voice. Uh, believe it or not, I was like, and he had some catchy tunes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Because I was when I was I was like yeah this sounds fucking decent I'm like how is this voice coming out of that fucking twangy little nerd, right? And then come <laughs> to find out it's not even him. That here kitty kitty song ties into that whole Carol killing her husband bit where it shows the woman feeding the cat like roast beef and all this shit. So that's a representation of Carol feeding Don's body to the cats in order to uh, destroy the evidence. And the funny thing is that. Joe would give the writers and the musicians these themes that he wanted them to write about. So it's like, he goes, you know, there's this fucking bitch I know that I know she probably killed her husband and fed him to the Tigers. Can you come up with a song for that? 
Uh, he just the things he had in his gift shop too. He he was selling like thong underwear, like all leopard, like different animal prints. I thought it was really cool that you ordered the uh, pair of underwear from a shop that said uh, "Per." If you see something you like, <laughs> <laughs> he would constantly bash Carol Baskin because Carol Baskin thinks that businesses like Joe's, like like Doc Antle's, the raising of tiger cubs and showcasing them and having um, basically them for petting, because that's where they make a majority of their money, is frowned. It's it's a terrible act. You know, they shouldn't be raising cubs and everything. So she's basically 100% against all of them. But when we come to find out that Baskin, Carol Baskin is not the sweetheart that she's portraying. No, she is not innocent whatsoever because when you look at it and and you when you're just looking at it visually of Doc Antle's zoo, Joe Zoo and Carol's fucking rescue thing, right? The only difference that you're really seeing is that Joe and Doc charge an entrance fee and she asks for a donation, but it's kind of implied that you have to give a donation to get in, right? Yeah, and there's. I mean, you don't want to look like a you don't want to look like a douchebag that doesn't hand over anything, right? When everybody else in front of you or behind you is doing it. But but not only that, she gets a ton of volunteers, so basically, she doesn't have to pay for all this work to be done at this rescue park. There's so many volunteers that they have a tier system. It's like. I think there's four or five different levels. Oh, that's right. You get different, different shirts. colored shirts. <laughs> and by the fifth year, you eventually become like a master of it. But it's insane the amount of people that are coming there to volunteer. So It's like us doing these Spartan races for these fucking t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, we're paying to abuse ourselves. <laughs> Can you imagine? We would, we would volunteer just to get a fucking shirt. Um, <laughs> so basically, she is getting a ton of help. She's getting a lot of support because of and, I mean, and that, that seemed like a pretty cool job. I mean, I would volunteer to do that, work with these fucking tigers, you know, for like if an hour. Anywhere, if it was anywhere but Florida, yeah. I would, like an hour or two. It's like I'm not going to go live in some fucking horse stall and go work with them. <laughs> Fuck out of here. To start here, looking at Carol Baskin, first off, if, if, if it's me, if I'm thinking about this whole thing, I agree with Carol's point of view. I don't think, I don't like the fact that animals are raised and and in captivity unless it's for the sole purpose of basically reintroducing them or introducing them into the wild to save a population that's struggling but if it comes to petting and shit like that's just why are you gonna do that to a fucking animal like they're they're gonna live their entire lives in this fucking thing getting touched by hundreds of people all day long like so some fat asshole can pet them Right, and it's just like, and take a whole bunch of pictures with them and stuff. The animals don't need to deal with all that bullshit. It's just because you want to make money. So from that point of view, yes, Carol is is right about this attack that she has against all these other parks and zoos. But that doesn't hide Carol's past because it doesn't take too far back to realize that there's a lot of suspicious things that have gone on in her in her life. <laughs> well, I think some of that would have been swept under the rug if it wasn't for fucking Joe Exotic. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing gets by old Joe. <laughs> well, he, he 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 hates her so fucking much that he had a mannequin set up that he would he called Carol. He'd fucking shoot the thing in the head. He would dress the thing up to look like her, drag her on the fucking ground. Like I said, shoot her. He threatened to send her snakes for her birthday, and then she then claims that she received snakes she actually, in, her, in a mailbox. I wouldn't be surprised if it was him. Because he just, oh. this guy's so fucking stupid. It's like he doesn't have a filter and doesn't think about what the consequences uh, oh. of, of any, he doesn't think about the consequence of any of his actions. So if you're saying you're going to do this criminal act of leaving these snakes, you're going to mail these fucking snakes to her. All she has to do is then come get a snake, throw it in her box, and say, this was here. And then the proof right there is that you're the one saying that you were going to commit this crime. It's, this is not like like a movie where you could say and do whatever you want and there's no consequences. Like, in the real world, like, there's lawsuits. Like, you're going to get sued for, for doing certain things, and it could end up just crippling you. And we'll come to find out that's exactly what happens. But Because this guy thought he was... <laughs> 
I think this guy thought he was a real huge celebrity. You know, I I think he he thought. <laughs> well, you're his biggest fan, aren't you? Though? Oh God, I, I think I might be. <laughs> Because I fucking can't deal with any kind of celebrity, but this guy is very, I, I find him very interesting. <laughs> it's that fucking hair. It is hard to look away. I don't know why, but. You know, so he did the, the mock killing and shooting of her. He threatened to send snakes to her. Then he claimed that he had her diary and he oh, was yeah. reading all these passages from the diary. Then he makes the very, very bold claim that Carol had something to do with the disappearance of her second husband, who was actually a millionaire by the name of Don Lewis. And so she would marry this guy, Don, who was already married at the time. They had an affair. He left his wife and family for Carol. They were together for a number of years, and he funded the whole project as far as her getting involved with these uh, animal sanctuaries. So her and Don were together until his disappearance in 1997. Once he was ruled legally dead, she stood to inherit his entire fortune. Now... (laughs) That doesn't get past old Joe. Joe uh, not only makes the insinuation. God, it's not even an insinuation, right? He just comes out and says she fucking had something to do with killing him or make, uh, with his disappearance, right? And not only that, he goes as far as to <laughs> play this out into one of his songs, which we might add, Joe fancies himself a country music star. And we'll get into that in a second. But he has a song called Here Kitty Kitty in which the theme of the song is about Carol feeding the dead remains of her husband, Don, to the tigers at her zoo. Am I right, Chris? (laughs) Let me tell you, he found a doppelganger of Carol because she looks identical (laughs) to Carol Baskin. Feeding the fucking cat um, roast beef. With the fucking head on the plate. (laughs) I mean, it's fucking genius, but God, what a fucking lunatic. So this guy holds nothing back. I mean, they have him on anything. Slander, because she was never actually convicted of any of this. You can't just go around saying that. Then he's saying he's reading her fucking diary, which is you would believe would be her private property. So how do you get his hands on that? And then he's making death threats. At first, what seems to be just like a disgruntled person, you know, somebody who just hates this woman... And it, it is just literally making up anything to defame her. They dive, they dive into the story of the disappearance of Don Lewis. And it suddenly seems like Carol may actually have had something to do with his disappearance. Because mere weeks, right? I think it was two weeks prior to his disappearance, he had filed a restraining order against her. They find a van of his with the keys in it at an airport where he had several planes, but apparently no planes were documented as leaving, and all the planes that he had couldn't travel to Costa Rica, where supposedly he could have gone, would have taken four fuel stops for him to get all the way down there. (laughs) His assistant is Anne McQueen. She had, I guess there was, it was like a trailer kind of thing that was locked where she was working out of as his assistant, it was locked, and apparently Carol goes there with her... I think it was her brother, because her brother is a, is a police officer, right? And they break the, the, the lock, remove the contents are removed. Now, I think they claimed that they, they knew that Carol was gaining access to this. So apparently the will is removed, and the next time we see the will... All of a sudden, the person who gets everything in the, the, the case that Don Lewis dies, and not only does it say if he dies, it <laughs> also disappearance. Adds, it adds in if he disappears. And oh, guess what? He just disappeared. Who, I mean, who, what fucking the says, fuck? who fucking says that in any hearing will? Upon, right, like, upon my disappearance. No, Nobody ever plans on somebody disappearing. You, you could plan for their death, but... So this is just a huge red flag for everybody. She's now in, in control of all his assets. Um, but apparently she can't um, she can't claim anything until he's legally dead. And he can't te- technically be legally dead until at least five years after his disappearance. So guess who goes and files for a, de- a death certificate 
five years and I think one day after his disappearance was <laughs> you're right, Bill. <laughs> fucking kitty back there, Carol. So now she has a death certificate for Don Lewis. So she now has the rights to everything. And apparently his own family, they claim that they get maybe what would be the equivalent of about 10% of oh. Don's. That poor woman, the first wife and the, the kids. Oh, oh my, God. my God, man. I feel terrible for them. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he did them wrong right from the get-go, but they end up getting screwed. Carol gets everything. And now she tries to cover this whole thunk thing up by being this sweet rescue cat park owner we come to find out though that in her past because don was very big into animals too which is how this whole thing started because don actually picked her up one day by driving by in his truck trying to get her to talk to him because she looked upset about something which apparently she had a fight and he tells her all right i have this gun on my chair you can point it at me the whole time. I just need someone to talk to. So she gets into his fucking truck and points the gun at him while they're talking this whole time. What the fuck? <laughs> it's so fucking crazy. That's how they meet. So anyway, that aside, he raised animals. So Carol was actually raising cubs at one point. So this is something that she's that she's spoken out against. Uh, because she's attacking all these other zoos and parks. Oh, that's right. They pulled up those fucking videos of her holding cubs. Yeah. So she says that she didn't agree with. I mean, she seems like a grade A fucking phony too. By the way. Hey, you cool (laughs) cat and kittens. God, something's going on with her. The way she denies these claims and saying, "I can't believe they think that I would feed him to the tigers." I mean, you just. You just get the feeling that she definitely fucking did this. Well, see, they even interviewed Don's lawyer. He says, I've never seen um, any wording like this in a will and testament before. In a roundabout way, he asked him, who do you think did it? And he just kind of, like, gives him this he's, look. He goes, I won't I won't say it on, on air, basically. <laughs> I wonder who Joe Exotic think did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically Carol Baskin, but, but why don't you tell us about Howard Baskin. Oh, oh, God. So Don is fucking gone. We don't know where he is. Joe seems to believe that he was fed to, <laughs> fed to the fucking cats, but we don't know. There's been no uh, evidence of that, so we are left open-ended. But Carol does get the intestinal fortitude to move on and the strength to move forward, and she remarries uh, a man named Howard Baskins. I don't even know how else to describe this guy, but uh, a limp dick with glasses. <laughs> oh my god, the photos. I mean, what a fucking geek. The, the best way I can describe this is Carol is a puppeteer and Howard is the puppet. What a fucking nerd. It, it looks like just like a phony person. Like he, the things he says, there's a picture of him. Was it, was it their wedding photos? Yeah, when he's when he is like the he's dressed as the fucking tiger, right? And she has the leash around he's, his neck. He's dressed on the tiger, down on all fours, <laughs> and a leash around his neck, and she's holding the leash. That explains the entire. That's your whole relationship. relationship. That's your relationship right there. Oh my god! And, and, and just and the, just the way he talks. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When Carol said, yeah. And, and it's no wonder too, because all the lawsuits that end up getting fired towards Joe from Carol. This guy's basically a lawyer. He studied law. He he was actually <laughs> he was a resident of Poughkeepsie, New York. Ooh. Shocker. Um, Hello. And he ends up getting his MBA in Harvard. Ooh. So this guy's not a moron. He he knows what he's doing, and it, it comes to be a very critical role that he plays. Not just you know being her husband, but financially, and how they end up taking down Joe in the end because of his knowledge of law. Oh my God, the relationship is just so fucking creepy. He comes across to me as an antagonist too. Like, you know, he's just that kind of like, well, uh, I'm going to call the police if you don't, you know. Like, he seems like that that kind of fucking, that kind of guy. I'll tell you one thing, I like Joe more than I like fucking Howard. The way the show portrays this, they dig up the dirt on everybody. In the end... And you could see this from a lot of the viewers' responses. Carol is like the enemy here out of all this. Yeah, it's I mean, Carol. Joe has, well, and we're going to get into what happens to him, but he does get what he deserves, but the rest of them sure as shit have stuff that's coming to them, we hope. 
so Joe takes it to the next level by doing these fucking cat shows and and doing like these petting fucking zoos under <laughs> a knockoff of uh, Carol's Big Cat Rescue. <laughs> oh and he fucking steals basically the, the the logo. He changes a couple little things here and there. And he... <laughs> it's so... But when you see it, I, I, I'm, I'll post a picture of it, the, the side-by-sides. He steals the whole fucking thing, right? And he's so fucking stupid that to think that nothing's going to come of this, they sue him for fucking trademark infringement, and then they win a million-dollar settlement against him. So, there's no way, he has no way to pay this, right? So, so everything, now, yeah. everything is just, <laughs> everything now just starts spiraling out of control. He hates this woman so much that he just, <laughs> he went right into her web with his hatred of her that he tried to steal, blatantly steal her fucking identity and go on a, a, a road show with like these petting animals, you know, doing everything she says she's against but trying to do it under her name. And he, uh, of course, gets fucking caught. I don't know what the fuck he's thinking. Gets sued. They win the settlement of $1 million against Joe. He has no way to pay for it. <laughs> and every, everything's going out of control. You know, he's already got to deal with the financial loss of the girl getting her fucking arm bitten off. And then now he's got these trademark infringements going against him. It sends him into a frenzy, and there's no way for him to survive financially. Or is there? Now, if things weren't sleazy enough, they're about to get a whole lot sleazier when we welcome Jeff Lowe into the mix. Oh, God. So Jeff rolls up in this place, in a, I think initially in a Hummer. He just looks like money, right? He rolls around in like a, a Ferrari one time. Like he's just got what appears to be all this money and... I don't even remember hearing a thing about how he's got it all. He comes in to, to basically save the day. So Joe is relying now on this point for business just to pay the Baskins of all people. And that has got to literally kill him. The, he hates them so much. And now he has to pay them a million dollars. Oh, my God. So Jeff comes in and and in what Joe sees is money signs. right? He sees a way out of this, a way that he can still be this big icon and and have all this fame still and now he could push carol out of his mind and not have to worry about this whole thing so jeff basically gets on the phone unknowingly with joe and joe's speaking to the baskins and they have a moderator that's speaking between them because i think joe was trying to figure out a a payment method that he could basically pay less during winter months and pay more during summer months because it was slower. They come back and say to Joe that you could do that, but you have to stop um, raising cubs. And he goes, well, deal's off then because that's how I make all my money. How do you expect me to pay you if I can't raise cubs? So then Jeff chimes in and he's like basically fucking cursing out Carol and saying, uh, I'll take care of this myself. And he like wrote her a th- like a $30,000 check. Right, and just pulled out a check and wrote her thirty thousand bucks or something like that to square things away. Did the thing fucking bounce? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I'm hearing cats again, Bill. Um, anyway, so Jeff now looks like this knight in shining armor for Joe. What 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 starts happening is Jeff now basically owns the rights to this park. He does whatever he wants. And but, Joe, but Joe doesn't really relinquish control, though. Like, he's still walking he doesn't, around. Right. So he apparently, by name, by title, I think Kelsey says this, he's like head of entertainment. <laughs> Joe wants to be the head honcho still because that's all he's used to. And Jeff's basically like, no, I'm the head honcho. They butt heads. When things start to, to, to come down, basically Jeff does everything he can to push Joe out and make it his. Well, that's not the only thing that... Uh... Jeff brought with him. <laughs> he also brought his little uh, sidekick, that guy, Alan Glover, the guy who was interviewed in the fucking bathtub. It's like all these fucking things. Like, you know, where can we interview for you for uh, your take on what's happening? Now, why don't I just hop in a fucking bathtub and put some suds on me? This guy, Alan, was Jeff's uh, right-hand man, basically. He was hired by Jeff to set up different um, displays in the park, manage different areas of the zoo itself. Alan and Joe immediately 
butt heads and don't see eye to eye. They do come to terms on one thing, and that thing would be the assassination of Carol Baskins. To the point where where Joe Exotic actually offers Alan Glover the sum of $5,000 to snipe Carol Baskins. Yeah, so <laughs> this is a very complicated situation because Joe, by no means, from what it seems like, Joe doesn't want to do it himself. He's looking to employ somebody and he talks about it all the time so joe is constantly saying how he wishes that bitch carol baskin was dead and i wish somebody would shoot carol i wish somebody would do this and that and apparently eventually they have a serious talk about doing it so they're sitting down in this meeting and jeff comes up with the idea to look on google earth to map out the bike ride, the bike trail that Carol takes, like every morning she's on this bike trail and apparently there's nobody on the bike trail. It's just her all the time. She's always taking videos on this trail uh, for her shows. And he says, well, why don't we hit her here? Because she's always there. We know where she's going to be. And there's never anyone there. So all of a sudden it, it starts to turn into a plan. And then Joe approaches Jeff and asking if Alan who has a also a dark past. He was imprisoned for a number of years. I can't even remember what his uh, charges were. Al, old buddy old pal, has a tattoo of a teardrop. <laughs> a fucking teardrop. On his, uh, next to his eye. And that usually signifies somebody who's killed someone. When Joe sees this, he thinks that maybe Al will do this. So he approaches it's Jeff. It's, and, it's such white trash. It's unfucking believable. To ask, it's terrible. And first of all, only a desperate person who's not a professional would take or would agree to $5,000 to hit somebody. <laughs> five fucking thousand dollars to someone you don't even know. And then the best thing is, Joe can't even come up with five grand, so he's, <laughs> he gives him three grand. Oh, my God. Do you remember what he said, though? So Joe did, like, a Christmas dinner. Like it was like a nonprofit thing. Yes, like, when he's in the middle of it, right? He's giving the little the little prayer, and he starts crying. Joe says that apparently that's how he raised the money to give to Al. <laughs> <laughs> so he had all these people to come and and eat food that he made. <laughs> it's so good. It's just so. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Oh, this is bottom of the barrel trash. So Al agrees. Al actually agrees to this. We we come to find out though that he can only, like you said, he can only give him the three k because he doesn't. He couldn't make the five. I'm gonna have to remember to put up the picture of Al in the bathtub. I'll put that up on Facebook. <laughs> he basically goes to head to Florida. That that's that's what we're expecting. So he he, <laughs> but he, he doesn't make it. He doesn't he make is, it. He gets fucking <laughs> drunk and drugged up at a strip club and fucking passes out. So he says apparently he chickened out and, right, he went partying and something like that with the money. They do come to find out that he did go to Florida. Carol says she witnessed this person walking towards her. And wasn't it Al at the gas station? Carol apparently knows that someone might actually try to kill her. Because basically the FBI is in the process of cracking down on this. But they need proof. They need proof of payment or an act to happen of some sort. And, and this goes to tell you what, what kind of sweetheart Carol actually is. She goes, I didn't, I didn't uh, know if I was going to have to turn um, the gas nozzle and on spray this guy in the face with it. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she definitely has a something dark hidden in her that she's not revealing, but anyway, he doesn't go through with it. So that leads us back to uh, Oklahoma, right? Because eventually Alan retreats and comes back without anything happening to Carol. He said that he was tired of all this shit and decided to go home. He ends up saying he chickened out. He wasn't able to do it. They couldn't get Al or Joe on attempted murder or conspiring or anything like that. We come to find out that there was an agreement upon money and that Al basically provided the proof that he was in fact given $3,000 to kill Carol Baskin. So that right there was proof enough for the FBI to make an arrest on Joe. The, the conversations that Jeff and Alan had were actually recorded by the, the feds. It's basically Jeff giving the same spiel that the FBI gave to him that he's now giving to Alan. So basically saying, if you can tell 
them all this information on Joe. You won't be charged. You'll be free to go. You'll get leniency, whatever, whatever the fucking deal is, right? And these conversations, like I said, are recorded, but it makes no sense. So if you're agreeing to kill someone and you take payment for that prior to being an informant, you should still be charged with some kind of crime, whether you went through with it or not. At least conspiracy to commit the crime. I don't agree with them not getting charged with anything for now. I gotta think that they got something lined up. First of all, Jeff was on the brink of getting jail time for like 129 days or something. Jeff was charged with, I think, drug trafficking. He, he was dealing with drugs. Basically what come down to is if he did anything, he was basically on a one-year probation, I think. And if he did a single thing that he was going to get jail time, he knew Al... Al, Al was a handyman uh, for Jeff at some point in his life, and he decided that he would be the, a good man for the job, so that's kind of how this was all introduced. Basically, when, when the shit hits the fan here, everyone's going and giving up Joe. He's the person who is responsible for all of this. Push him out of the picture, and now Jeff definitely wants that because he wants to take over this entire park, which he basically already has at this point, but he wants Joe out of the picture. Joe actually gets spooked by something that Jeff says to him. There's a recording of this. Jeff's yelling at him, basically saying, you threatened to fucking kill Carol. They've got all this information on you. He basically spooks Joe because Joe takes off. But before he does, he starts taking tigers with him and selling them up as, to as many people as possible to basically, I'm assuming, make as much money as he can before he leaves. So they just start selling everything off, yeah. In the middle of the night, he apparently started taking tigers, just calling up people and seeing if who he could sell to. It's just a huge clusterfuck. But the funny thing is that Jeff and Alan don't act alone. <laughs> so you got these two scumbags teaming up against Joe, right? And they're acting like they're these holy-than-thou fucking beings, right? Working with the feds now. All of a sudden, they're angels, right, to lock Joe up. But they're not working alone. They are working with yet another sleazeball. This guy is the owner of a car dealership and I also believe maybe strip clubs. Am I right, Chris? He's got some hairdo on this guy. <laughs> this is the fucking guy that they show going in slow motion. He comes into the into the frame on the uh, jet ski like the bad boy. Oh, my God. Uh, it just gets worse the every great, time. The greatest scene in cinematic history. <laughs> he links up with Jeff somehow. It's basically to be a partner involved in, in getting this park going or, or in, into a different direction anyway. So I, I think it's the money that this guy has that gets him involved in this and he also appears to be some sort of an animal lover because he has his own personal lemur in a cage some people are saying the reason why he actually decided to kind of help out the feds was because he didn't want to lose his lemur to keep that fucking monkey <laughs> that's what they fucking think <laughs> he had to help them get evidence on joe for basically wanting to kill carol <laughs> And just wait till you see this fucking guy. He becomes an informant. He becomes an informant for the feds. Now his job is basically to go into these meetings that they're having and report at the end of the day on what he's heard. <laughs> so so this guy's now basically a rat. Basically, he ends up telling Jeff that shit's about to go down. Joe could end up be going away. You know, you don't want to be on the wrong side of this. He ends up finding out that Alan was going to kill carol so, so to speak so he was gonna say anyway when the shit went down and everyone was ready everyone was in place alan was nowhere to be found and so this is the point where we, were, we said back before alan ended up just skipping and, and partying and going to a strip club but the feds couldn't do anything now because they don't have proof that alan is actually in florida or he's in a location where he could be potentially going to kill carol so they've lost sight of this guy which now obviously alarms the feds because they don't know what he could possibly be doing but they also don't have a way of arresting joe because they don't have proof that's when we find out that jeff uh reveals that al actually was given money and i would guess that the uh shit hits the fan right after that i mean you're looking at all these guys so you're looking at fucking alan this guy james uh what's the other guy with the, the triple layer of boldness covering <laughs> jeff right jeff jeff Lowe, yeah. jeff so all three none of these guys are fucking innocent so i mean granted they are making some kind of deal with the feds but you can't just pin all this fucking garbage on joe exotic there's just no way 
So Joe, of course, is guilty of the, the, the trademark infringement, but I believe that was paid back. So now he was arrested for the fucking the murder for hire. We come to find out that Joe was found guilty and sentenced to 22 years in prison. They were threatening him with 79 years. They got it down to 22 right. years, right? And it's gotten so twisted that now Joe Exotic has now become an ally to PETA. And he is now attempting to bring down all these motherfuckers, uh, whether it be Carol Baskins, fucking Doc Antles, this Jeff, whatever he's doing with the fucking zoo now. So he's now attempting to bring all these people down. So each person involved in this is a fucking rat. They are out to save their own fucking skin. They don't give a shit. Think about all the people he's sold lines to. He's got a ton of names. Even Shaquille O'Neal. They showed him there. I thought they mentioned something about fucking um, Mike Tyson, too. Did he sell Mike Tyson? Oh, Do you remember? I don't even think Tyson would give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Like, I didn't see Tyson, but I remember Shaquille O'Neal being in it. Shaquille O'Neal was actually at the the yeah. park. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, these guys will sell you out quicker than uh, they'll fucking blink. You know. But you look at some of these characters, and you know, as backstabbing and and and, and dark as some of these guys are, you, you, you kind of feel for some of these other ones, like the John Finlay, the husband of uh, Joe and Travis Maldonado, who actually killed himself whether it be accidental or intentional we don't know but there was a scene in the documentary in which travis had put a gun to his head and pulled the trigger and they believed that he didn't believe he didn't think that it was going to go off but it did these guys they were just young kids man so it's like they got wrapped up into drugs and then locked in with joe who was providing more drugs for them and they got locked up into this fucking life of of shit drugs are a powerful thing you know things like think of like heroin and meth and stuff things that you could just get so addicted and into these drugs that you'll do anything to get more and the things that these guys did i mean how do you fake your sexuality I, oh man! I, I, I could not. I could not do that for anything. I couldn't do it for anything. Would you do it for a Klondike bar? <laughs> uh, what flavor are we talking about here? Because <laughs> if it's the Heath bar one, <laughs> um, so it, it is sad because they're young kids, and you even see it with Don Antle. You know, he attracting all these young women, and you know, you you come across like what happens to these people. I mean, what they're put through, but they do it for for the animals. They say, you know, like, the, it's got to be the money, too. And like we said, the drugs. Like, there's just, it's just really creepy attraction that these places. <laughs> this is fucking underbelly. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, of the zoo world. It's fucking insane. How about him riding that fucking elephant? <laughs> oh. Doc <laughs> Who was riding who? It's so impossible to keep fucking track of all these moving pieces. I don't even know where we go from here. I mean, there's so much to this thing. You really have to watch it. Oh God! So that's uh, it. I'm done, well, Chris. I can't. I can't. I can't talk about these motherfuckers for another second. I'm done. Well, what, Bill, I can't. I can't let you escape yet. Oh no, <laughs> no! Please, no more. I'm fucking exhausted. How much would it take for us to slap a pair of tits on you? <laughs> I know. How much <laughs> would it take for you to get breast implants? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, how... <laughs> all right, all right, okay, all right. Two questions. Two questions. <laughs> how, how big and how long? Uh, what do you mean? How long you gotta have them for? Yes. How big do the tits have to be? And then how definitely? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, there needs to be. <laughs> there needs to be a beginning and an end to this. Brother, you're not leaving that room without double D's. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, maybe I could get away with a B cup and just wear <laughs> like like a couple button ups or like tie something around my chest. Oh, oh, the, the, your days of of shirtless beach visits would be over. Uh, God, it would have well, to be. Well, God, I, I would swim. What did I say? Fifty million. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll fucking just be. I, I'll, I'll take the option of being dropped in the fucking ocean with La Pasqualita <laughs> over having a uh, set of tits. Oh fuck! All right, so let's, let's, let's. So all right, let's go for you. 
a C cup for <laughs> five months, and you can have them out by Christmas. Oh, so the, so the summer months, I have to, I get to have a pair. Of tits. <laughs> you have to have the tits for the summer. Uh, I just won't do it. <laughs> It's not gonna happen. This is just so fucking stupid. I swear, this is what happens when you when, when you're stuck inside the house and watching this garbage. <laughs> oh God! All right, Chris. Uh, you know what? I'm not even giving a rundown. I'm not doing it. I told you I'm not doing it this week. If you want to find us, go back and listen to the other episodes because if you are <laughs> one of our listeners, <laughs> the very few that we have, you'll already know where to find us. Yeah, I mean. Uh, <laughs> If you know the name of the podcast, you can pretty much find us. So that's that's enough of an advertisement. That's enough. I'm not dealing with it anymore. All right. So that's it, Chris. I mean, I'm had it. I got to get the fuck out of here. I don't want to talk anymore. I'm done. So until next time, we say bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.